You're listening to the Full Time Whistle on Galway Bay FM. Galway gets off to a win after all in the Alliance National Football League. A very crucial goal from Carl Sweeney, seeing them beat Tyrone by a point. Heartbreak for the Galway ladies, an injury time free, denying them what would have been a well-deserved result against Dublin. Good wins for the Galway Camogie teams. No joy for presentation. College Athlon Ryan, a lot more besides. Good evening. And that's where we're going to start, Gaelic Games. It was a very, very busy one. Right across the board all weekend with action in Gaelic football, in hurling, in uh, camogie and in ladies football. And we're going to start with that win for Galway over Tyrone. There was a one-point gap in the difference. 110 to 12 points, the final score. Report from Jonathan Higgins. It was hard fought and littered with errors at times. But Galway have ground out a vital National Football League victory over Tyrone in Healy Park. 110 to 12 points was the final score. A one-point victory of huge significance for Porrick Joyce's side, who were aided by the return of team captain Sean Kelly. It wasn't all good news, though, on the injury front, with Paul Conroy and Matthew Tierney joining the lengthy list of players out unavailable. Galway, helped by sharp shooting from Robert Finnerty, started the game well and led by four points to two after 15 minutes. Finnerty raising three white flags and one from Paul Conroy. Remarkably, they wouldn't score again though for the remainder of the half, as Tyrone led by the impressive Niall Morgan went in at the interval leading by 6 points to 4. With the half-time team talk clearly ringing in their ears, Galway restarted quickly. Tierney scored from the throw-in, with man of the match Heaney levelling the sides 90 seconds later. After Tyrone had retaken the lead, Sean Kelly made an instant impact as he and debutant Rory Cunningham combined to send Cole Sweeney through in goal before he rifled to the net for the game-changing score. Daniel O'Flaherty, who also made a huge impact from the bench, pointed before Heaney converted a glorious outside-of-the-boot effort. Kieran Daly replied to make it a two-point ball game with ten minutes to go. Goey pushed for home, however. Finnerty's four to the game and a deserved score from Johnny McGrath gave Galway a three-point lead with four minutes to go. Tyrone rallied, though. Daly again pointed and Confitz Patrick made it a one-point deficit. Despite a late rally, Tyrone ran down to time as Galway celebrated a vital first victory of the campaign. A victory that makes the long trip home a lot sweeter ahead of a clash against Derry next Sunday in Pierce Stadium. Full-time score, Galway won 10, Tyrone 12 points. Let's hear from Galway manager Parik Joyce. Delighted with the character the lads showed and the impact off the bench and look it was topsy turvy could have gone either way but um, delighted to get out of here with two points It was the second quarter was really maybe the worst part of the game for you the, you just you obviously didn't score yeah, at all and Yeah I didn't score at all and just even going forward 10 yards and going back 15 yards you know, it's, it's not what we're trying to do as a team um, but look we rectified it at half time then you get the hammer blow of Paul Conroy got injured had to take him off the pitch so look I think the lads regrouped well and we started the second half you know, we got the two scores to go back 6-6 six, six. as we're saying at half time to go back 6-6 Six besides going eight four down the first two scores were really important. Um, just a huge impact off the bench. Like Danny Flaherty was, was outstanding when he came in at left half back. Um, his cutting runs was, was was fantastic. Even Rory inside Rory Cunningham made some good runs. His first time playing senior football for goal was great. And um, Cahal finished the goal really well. Probably the big turning point of the game. You know. I was going to say you really had to grind it today. It was hard fought, Porrick. Oh, it was dog fight. But we knew. Look, we knew that coming up here. Like you're not going to leave home handy. You know. So like we knew it was going to be battle. It's going to be a war of attrition. That's what it was at times. And look, decisions went against us in the first half. I felt thrown at least one, if not two. 
their scores were, were, were flagged over that were wide in my eyes but uh, look it is what it is like, you know, Tyrone are a good side um, we're delighted to get out of here to be honest like, going down the road now to have three pints out of six instead of one out of six you know? it's a big change but rolling up the sleeves and you know the getting getting the win and having to grind it out will give the squad no doubt a huge amount ah, of confidence ah, it's, it's massive like, you know, like, we had 26 fit players come today like, we're going home with two of them injured now Matty and Paul so they're probably a huge doubt for next week so look at the, I, it's one thing I can say like, I've never ever had to question the character of these lads since, since I got involved with Galway they're, the work they do for Galway is outstanding and people probably don't realise it I know they get a bit of harsh criticism the, f- the first two games and that's the nature of the game you know, I always say people are entitled to their opinion and the job we're in we're going to get some here and there but look at days like today it's, 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 it's great it makes it worthwhile and the lads themselves know that there's more in them at the same time we probably give away the ball a little bit too much here in the second half as well and didn't really kill out the game just left it in a bit of a dogfight it's one score game all the time between two points three points but again that'll come to experience and this game will bring us on a good bit yeah and of course you're getting the win as well getting up to three points and it's a hell of a difference one versus three like ah, look, it is yeah and obviously look we've Derry down the track next week I was in Celtic Park watching them last night and they're probably the most informed team in the country at the minute so look at another challenge but look we'll get up get out here tonight regroup reassess the lads and see who's available for training Wednesday night I know you touched on the injuries and it's unfortunate again with, with Paul and Matthew but getting Sean Kelly back you can tell even Tyrone players just swarming towards him he just gives you that X factor I know look at it's, 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 he's, he's our captain he's our leader it's just brilliant to have him back on the pitch he's a lot of work done and fairness to him like, and recently he hasn't kicked the ball in eight months you know I know he's played a bit of club but um, we have to be careful with him as well you know so again I will mind him again the next day as well but look it's, it's great to have him out there he's the spiritual leader of the team like, you know. will we see any Damien or Shane perhaps no, next week no, they're still, still, yeah. no they're still in trouble unfortunately and in trouble for a while as well like, so we'll just have to we have, we have the squad now we have and try and stick in a few more from the development squad to make it up well, while the men were celebrating, it was heartbreak for the ladies. A last-minute point in injury time. Eight minutes into injury time. Saw Dublin win this one by 16 points to one goal and 12. Darren Kelly. Dublin 16 points, Galway won 12. Galway suffered their fourth defeat in the Little Ladies National Football League today, but this will hurt the most as they were in a winning position entering injury time. When Leanne Cohn took Albert Davern's pass on 58 minutes, Galway led by 111 to 11 points who were outscored five points to one by the All-Ireland champions in the closing stages and also had Albert Davern get a yellow card. Galway had suffered slow starts in their previous three games, but got off to a good one here. Two frees from Roisin Leonard inside two minutes had them in front, and even though Hannah Tyrrell replied for the hosts, Roisin Leonard from play and Aoife O'Rourke on ten minutes made a four points to two for Galway, with Tyrrell getting Dublin's second score. Dublin led for only once in the first half. Orlan Nolan, Hannah Tyrrell and Annabelle Timothy made it five points to four before an excellent move down the right flank, including Ethan E. Kelly, Shauna Hines and Leanne Cohn, resulted in Linda Boot booting the ball into the back of the net and Galway led by one four to five points. It was an advantage they held till half-time, leading by 1-7-8, with Leanne Cohn, Aoife O'Rourke and Albert Darren all on target. And they maintained that lead throughout the second period as well, even though Dublin came back to the minimum on a couple of occasions. Kate Murray, Kate Sullivan and Daniel Lawless all scored for McBowen's team. But Murray Glynn, Aoife O'Rourke, Roshi Nenner from a free and Leanne Cohn had Galway three points ahead with the game coming to an end. But there were seven minutes of injury time played and Dublin found that momentum in the closing stages. Jennifer Dunn and Hannah Tyrrell brought her back to 111 to 13 points for Olivia Divley took a pass from Nicola Ward, two of three Kilcurn Clumburn players returning here today to make a 112 to 13 points on 62 minutes. But Dublin wouldn't stop. Kate Sullivan brought it back to a one-point ball game and eventually a move down the right flank on 64 minutes resulted in Orla Nolan levelling the teams for the first time in the second period. 
Galway were trying to hold on and they were resilient in defence throughout the afternoon led by Sereny Lynchy. But eventually the break went Dublin's way with Leah Caffrey, their captain, playing a crucial stage in the closing moments. It was a foul on her that resulted in Alva Davern getting the yellow card. And then further up the field, she was fouled again on 67 minutes. Hannah Terrell put the ball over the bar and Dublin had won this game by one point. As a result, Dublin now have two wins, but Galway have four defeats from four and are bottom of Division 1 of the Ladies National Football League with just three games remaining. They'll need to pick up victories quickly and they host Meath in two weeks' time. Galway are getting closer to getting a result, but four defeats means staying in the top flight will be a challenge this year. Final score again, it finished Dublin 16 points, Galway won 12. Darren Kelly, Goy BFM Sports, Parnell Park. And it was a disappointed Goy manager, Daniel Moynihan, who spoke to Darren afterwards. Daniel, that's definitely the most heartbreaking of the four games so far. Yeah, I think so. It's um, it's tough. It's a tough one to take. I think in each each of the four games we've been very much in it, um, but in the final whistle we've come off the wrong side of it. Um, but that one, especially when we got such a good start, we were playing well, we were ahead for the majority of the game. It, it's, it's difficult to take for sure. There's so many positive things we could take out of the performance, especially in the first half there as well. But as you said, that was the key difference from the other three games. Galway started well. You were on top of the scoreboard. Dublin didn't get back level once, but you replied, actually Dublin led once, but then you replied with a great goal. Yeah, exactly. I think we've shown a lot of resolve in the games that we played. Um, I think the attitude is, as always, brilliant with the girls. Um, and, and, and we've had a lot of testing times, I suppose, even with Sinbuns and sending off some bits and pieces like that. But um, what you do get out of them is, is, is honesty and honesty and work rate. And, and you know, we, we showed that in space today. And um, I thought some of the patterns of play was really, really good. Um, I think what we worked on throughout the week was was evident in, in the style of play that, that, that we did. It was just probably a couple of goal chances that we left behind us that, that maybe cost us on the day. In the second half, Dublin gradually started up in it, but your defence were absolutely Trojans, like Serley Litchie there as well, when you brought on Nicola Ward there as well. But I could name nearly all the defenders too. You really blocked down many Dublin attacks. Yeah, I think we started the season working on, on our defensive um, setup. I think that was a huge thing for us, that, that we tightened up a little bit. Um, and I think we've done that. Um, you know, we, we, we often had extra bodies back there, but today we didn't. It was it was on those six defenders to control that that zone, and, and I thought they played really well uh, and have have done really well. And even the players that came in as subs just just added to it. It was just it's just unfortunate that um, you know that that free at the end kind of went against us. In midfield too, Moraitlin, Alva Devon were superb. A very harsh yellow card for Alva Devon at the end. Admittedly, your inside three linked up very very well too. Yeah, yeah, I think the inside three played very well. Good patterns of play. Um, a, lot of, a lot of nice football being played inside there and, and we were getting shots away and we are getting scores as well. So th- that's a huge positive for ourselves. Um, but I suppose the, the biggest positive is, you know, more debuts, more girls making making um, their debuts today. And, and you know, we've we've gone from, I suppose, a panel that, that we've dropped about 15 players from last year's panel. Not through, not through me now, but um, stepping away retirements and bits and pieces like that. So it's kind of a it's a new day, if you like, for a goal football and that we have a lot of players coming in there and, and in fairness some they're stepping up to the mark it's just unfortunate that we haven't got that final result Well it might not have been the case for the ladies but for the Camogie definitely turned out to be a very very good weekend indeed Goy beat Clare in Division 1A of the National League by 17 points to 8 and then earlier that day they went and beat the same opposition 3-9 to 7 points in Division 2B here's a report of the senior game from Tommy Devan Goy 17 points Clare 8 points 
Galway began the defence of their league title with a comfortable nine-point victory over Clare in this tie played at Cusick Park Ennis on Saturday. The winners led at half-time by six points at ten points to four. Early point from Aoife who was cancelled out by Clare Susan Daly after three minutes, but Galway hit five unanswered points in an 11-minute spell between the third and 14th minute. Ailish O'Reilly and Eve Nyland had points from play either side of three carry Dolan frees that put Galway six points to one ahead. Anya Lachlan then hit Clare's second point from a 45 to reduce the deficit before Neve McPeak opened her account on 20 minutes to stretch Galway 5-2 ahead again. But Clare hit back with two strikes of their own in a 60-second spell to leave just three points between the sides as the half entered its final three minutes. But Carrie Dolan would hit two excellent points from play along with a second point from Neve Nyland to leave Cahill Murray's charges ten points to four up at the interval. Aoife Donoghue started the second half in the same vein with an excellent score from play. Anya Lockton and Neve Nyland swapped points before Carrie Dolan and Neve Nyland again for Galway had them ahead 14 points to 5 after 47 minutes. Clare hit back with two points of their own to reduce the deficit to 7 but Carrie Dolan and Siobhan McGrath who was unlucky not to get a penalty earlier fired over her opening score to put Galway 16-7 ahead. Quiva Kelly and Neve McInerney Swap points before the end of the contest as Galway ran out comfortable winners in the end by 17 points to 8. Galway had seven different scorers on the day. Carrie Dolan with seven. Neve Nyland hit four points from play. Aoife Donoghue with two. And a point apiece for Ailish O'Reilly, Neve McInerney, Neve McPeak and Siobhan McGrath. Galway had some excellent performances right throughout the park but the Galway Bay Femme Player of the Match Award goes to corner forward Neve Nyland who was a constant threat up front and finished with four excellent points from play. This was a great day for Galway Camogie as earlier in the afternoon the Galway Intermediates travelled to Ina to defeat Clare by 3-9 to 7 points. First half goals from Murray Dillon, Aoife Kelly and Katie Dunahoo met a two wins from three games for Conor Dolan's side. But the final score again from the very League 1A fixture played at Cusick Park Ennis on Saturday finishing the win for Galway. Galway 17 points, Clare 8 points reporting for Galway by FM Sport on both games. I'm Tommy Devan. Well let's hear from both managers. We'll start with Cahill Murray followed by Conor Dolan. Cahill, uh, congratulations. Uh, good start to winning the very first game of the Camogie League I suppose to come down to Clare and uh, put in a performance you'll be happy enough to go away with two points. Yeah, Tommy, um, look at we're, we're happy with the performance. Um, I suppose any time you come down to Cusick Park and win my nine points, you're, 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 you're very, very happy. But look at Clare, you know, we're missing a lot since last year as well, like, so we don't want to get carried away with ourselves. It's a, it's a good start. Um, some some really good play there, some really, so, you know, other things we really need to improve on. But um, overall, a really good start and uh, very happy, very happy. To, I think four girls made the debut, league debut today, so really happy at how they went. And um, a lot of players showed up and put their hand up, and that's what we want out of the league. You know, it's, it's grand. Okay, we want to be competitive, we obviously want to win matches, but it's, it's really important that um, we find five or six players for the championship as well. You mentioned uh, the new players. Um, I suppose we were in the, the commentary position, impressed with most of those girls that uh, were getting their first start today, those that came on as well. And overall, as a team, I thought you played very well out there and moved the ball swiftly and, you know, moved it with plenty of intent. Uh, plenty of intent, yeah. Look, we're probably trying to get the ball into our full forward line a bit faster, and, and that kind of suits us today. We, you know, we were. We were on top for a lot of it. I think we could have put more on the scoreboard. Um, you know, that's something we have to look at. But um, look at overall, you, you'd have to be really happy. But it's, it's only the first round and um, we won't be getting carried away. But look, at next week is a, is a massive game down in the reg. Um, Tipperary, a really, really good team, obviously. And the Bahia's by nine points down there last year. So I think that's the, I suppose when we looked at the fixtures, that was probably the one that stuck out. And um, that's one that's, that, look, at we'd be hoping 
that goes well but you know we'll either way we'll know an awful lot more about ourselves in a week's time you were in the position there as well where you were able to bring on plenty of subs at the end as well that's important too for some of the girls maybe they're on the peripheral of the team and they're on the panel but they might be getting too much game time but to come on maybe for 5-10 minutes at the end as well you know it gives them you know that feeling that they're pretty much well involved as well uh, yeah we don't look at it like that to be honest with you I think anyone that came on actually deserves it and to be honest with you they probably push us on a small bit as well. That's that's a really good sign. And look at we, we need to give players as much chances as possible over the course of the league and that's what we've been trying to do. And um yeah, I thought really some really good performances off the bench and um you need that. We have to be pushing and um look them girls will get their chance to start shortly as well and that's that's the way we want it in the league and um you know they really put in a massive effort for the training. So it was really good to see a few of them coming off the bench and performing at a high level and um hopefully that continues the next four games. Finally, quick mention for your um, leaders as we call them this year, we've your new captain Roshin Black, vice captain Captains Gary Dolan and Siobhan McGrath, three great girls to lead Galway for 2024. Oh yeah, listen, all three have been super for the last few years, last few last few weeks and in the last few years in fairness like and um yeah we're kind of missing a lot of um older players I suppose and more experienced players so it's um it's good that, that girls like that are, are stepping up. You know they've been they've been excellent and it's you know hope it goes well for them. Um, but look, we've we've leaders all over the field today, and, and we've plenty more experience to, to call in as well. Like, and it's great to see players stepping up, and um, that's what we need. You know, they're taking ownership of it, and they're pushing it on, and um, that's a good sign. And hopefully that continues. But um, again, look, it's only day one, but, but we're in, we're happy, and um, we'll see how next week goes. Connor Dolan, uh, congratulations! Uh, back on the winning circuit again after defeat to Cork the last day, but two out of three, Connor. That's a pretty good start to the Camogie League this year. Yeah, Tommy, look, it's setting us setting us up nicely for the year ahead. Um, look, we're still working on a lot of things, but look, it was good to go down to Clare today. Um, look, pitch pitch conditions were fairly heavy, but look, we got three great goals in the first half. Missed an awful lot of chances as well, but to come away with a 11-point win and being a bit disappointed is is a great position to be in. Talk to us about the goals in the first half. They all came within a four or five-minute spell as well, but they were crucial probably to the outcome of this game too. Yeah, look, there was some some of the play and the build-up to it were fantastic. Um, like the movement of the ball and like once we once we broke the tackle we were straight through look there was never any question we had she probably had another, should have had another two or three goals in the first half but look you have to be happy but no one we have an awful lot to work on still but look the key now is get ourselves ready and we have the we've Tipperary in two weeks time or Wexford the following week if we win both those we're into the league final it's a great place to be I mean you've Kilkenny and Cork and Clare played as you said now and two victories out of that sets you up nicely but you will have an eye on particularly the Tipperary game next yeah look if we get we have to we have to win the the remaining two matches but look we'll be gearing everything towards the Tipperary game and look if the girls keep going the way they're going like it's we're just trying to implement a game plan the girls are sticking to it and look we are making mistakes but look now is the time now is the time to be making those mistakes and come come championship time we'll be all guns blazing you use your panel well again this weekend you know you have a few personnel changes a few positional changes but they seem to be all working everyone is getting a chance which is great for development of Camogie yeah look we played Kerry in the challenge game um, in Ennis last week and in fairness to the girls um, that played these are girls that were on the fringes a few got a start today because of their performance last week and we're, we're letting the girls who are in the who are playing well the opportunity to go out and prove themselves a second time so if they're in possession in the jersey to try and keep hold of it that's, that's what we're trying to do but as you said there as well like we, we brought on six girls today we emptied the bench um, so look there's an awful lot of an awful lot of positives that's Connor Dolan the Goy Intermediate Manager and before that 
Carl Murray, the Goy senior manager, after their two wins over Clare yesterday. We're going to go to hurling next. It wasn't to be for Presentation College Athenry this afternoon in the All Ireland Post Primary School's Senior A hurling quarter final. It was Article Reach of Limerick who prevailed in the end, one fourteen to one goal and nine points. Report from Niall Canavan. Art School Reach defeated Prez Athan Rye by 114-19 in the All-Ireland Post-Primary School Senior Hurling Championship quarter-final played at Tulla on Sunday. It was 1-5 to 7 points in favour of the Athan Rye School at half-time with the goal coming on three minutes when Kieran Lean got into score. However, in the second half, they were outscored by 1-7 to 4 points with Mark O'Brien scoring 1-9 for the Limerick Bray School and they are now through to the semi-final where they'll take on St. Kieran's College in two weeks' time. As stated, it was 1-5 to 7 points at half-time. There was little between the sides in that first half with Mark O'Brien and Oren Burke swapping early points. On three minutes then, a fine save by Fiona O'Brien from Derek Carney resulted in the ball breaking out to Kieran Lean and he cleverly batted the ball to the net to put Prez 1-1 to a point in front. By the 22nd minute, there was a point between them at 1-2 to 4 points with scores coming from Danny Chaplin and two Mark O'Brien scores for the Limerick School before Derek Carney pointed to leave it at 1-2 to 4 points. Jason Rabbit and O'Brien swapped points at 1-3 to 5 points on 29 minutes before two excellent Aaron Nyland scores, one from the free and then one from play had Prez won five to five points in front as the game stretched into first half injury time substitute Patrick Carney though pointed on two occasions prior to half time leaving a point between the sides at one five to seven points with Prez at the Rye in front on the resumption, Mark O'Brien pointed two frees in the 36th and 39th minutes to put pre- to put Irish Skullrish 1-5 to 9 points in front before Aaron Nyland's third score had the sides level at 1-6 to 9 points. Mark O'Brien responded once again with a score from a free and then on 46 minutes the crucial score of the game arrived. Centre-half back Jamie Moylan soloed upfield and he transferred to Mark O'Brien and he bore through on goal and he blasted past Kieran Wilde to put Irish Skullrish 1-10 to 1-6 in front. Further points followed from Fintan Fitzgerald and Mark O'Brien from a by the 15th minute to put our skull 112 to 16 in front. Credit at the right, they never gave up and they scored three out of the next four points. Aaron Island pointed from play from a free, Derek Kearney pointed from play, while Aaron Island pointed another free to leave it at 113 to 19, with Jack Cosgrove pointing for Orskull Reach. Late on, Mark O'Brien pointed once more, he scored 19 to leave it at 114 to 19. On the 64th minute, Prez were awarded a 20 metre free after a foul on Robert Burke. Aaron Island's shot was saved though, and late on, Jason Rabbit received a straight red card, with Orskull Reach winning by five in the end, 114 to 19. For Prez at the right, their scorers were Derek Carney, who got two points. Oren Burke got a point, as did Jason Rabbit. Kieran Lean got their goal, while Aaron Nyland, he scored five points. And as stated, Mark O'Brien, he scored 1-9 from full forward for Orskull Reach. In the end, it's Orskull Reach who are through to the semi-final. They've won by five in the end. Orskull Reach won 14. Prez at the right, 1-9. Niall Canavan for goal of FM Sport. Now let's hear from Presentation College at the right. Colin Moore speaking to Niall. Colin Moore in the end, uh, beaten by six points, but uh, Orskull Reach probably a bit physical stronger in the end ah, yeah they were they were stronger than us we don't have any argument with the result at the end of the day um, look we lost Mikey Fallon he was uh, you know not, not feeling great at half time we took the decision to, to take him off you just can't take a chance it's a, it's a game at the end of the day and uh, I suppose that showed us the job that he had been doing yeah. on Collins because he thundered into the game and no matter who we put on him I suppose they weren't able to do the job on him and they were having had a great battle so it was a pity to lose him that, that was probably one turning point because yeah, we were actually wondering how he was taken off at that particular uh, stage yeah, of the game yeah it was an injury so yeah, yeah. Uh, look at you can't say whether it's concussion or not but look at he, he just wasn't fully right we were you know we 
we just made a, made a call with it with the, uh, with the physio and, uh, and that's it that's the call we made so look at that that definitely had an effect but that wasn't all of it our school probably improved in the second half and uh, we went back into our shell a bit we'd invested a lot in the first half and as a result then maybe that effort it took a lot out of us even with the wind and you know the wind was across it yeah. wasn't down the pitch it wasn't easy you know to say that it was going to be the difference and it wasn't the difference in the end so our school deserved their win Orla's very very disappointed but you know they'll be disappointed with the performance and that but look at where we're very happy with them they emptied it and gave everything on the field and that's all you can ask for in that first half as you said you gave it everything you got a nighty start the goal from Kieran Lean and then towards the end of the half Aaron Island got two great points to put you three in front coming up towards half time yeah we, we had that momentum but then Orskull came back with two points yeah. of their own and that kind of broke the momentum and you went out in the second half and it was a it was a new game and to be fair they were the better team in the second half so there's, a, there's no argument with that and look at it it wasn't an unlucky you know bounce of the ball or anything like that we were well, well beaten in the end and we just have to accept our beating and come back again it's, it's very sad for the leaving service Connor Lawless our captain who had a fine game and uh, Kieran Wilde in goal and uh, several others who was their last game for the school and that's always sad but then there's a new group coming yeah. behind and that group Aaron Islands group and Derek Coon and Sean Murphy they're still there for yeah. next year so it's all about going back again and, and that's the nature yeah. of schools competition that's what I was going to say there's a good few serious players again there next year obviously Aaron and, and those guys are still going to be there and no doubt presently there thereabouts again no doubt next year ah, yeah. we yeah. always try and be competitive that's yeah. the aim from the start of the year and we were certainly competitive this year we didn't get over the line we didn't win a Connacht title and we got beaten in all Ireland quarter final so it hasn't been a successful year but look you judge success by bringing lads through and developing them and you know going to the Fitzgibbon competition over the last uh, several weeks you see lads that were in school and how they've trained on and developed on and that's what it's part of development it's not it's not the be all and end all and look at we'll, we'll keep knocking on the door and try try and win get back and try and win a Connacht title next year for progress on to the All-Ireland competition and see how we go I know you played at Aaron Island out the field did you think it maybe put him in a bit sooner maybe to that full forward line well if you take him from out the field the ball may, may not go in and uh, I suppose one of the things we've learned throughout the year is you know sometimes it's easy to tie him up yeah. in there with the, with somebody an extra defender sweeping so it's all about trying to make the best use he had a fine, fine game today but I suppose he can't be everywhere finally there's this four teams left in it unfortunately you're not part of it but there's an interesting campaign going to be taking place now in the semi-finals ah, yeah, they go on to place the St. Kieran's and they look very strong in their Leinster final against um, CBS uh, CBS to, uh, Nina beat CBS yesterday so look at Rayfields are still there as well and they had a good win over us they deserved win in the Connacht final so they look at it as we said it to each other Rayfields and ourselves after the Connacht final hopefully we'd get back to a final and play each other we haven't Rayfields hopefully will and bring back that cup over the Shannon it's, it's badly needed we're going to take a break but when we come back we are going to talk about rugby and what a historic day it has been for Connacht's under 18 girls winning the provincial series for only the second time in their history and as the Connacht senior men get a win back under their belts again this time against Cardiff all that to come after this You're listening to the Full Time Whistle on Galway Bay FM now we're going to rugby next because today Connacht's under 18 women won the provincial series for only the second time in their history. They did so by beating Leinster by 8 points to 5. An early try from Emily Foley and a penalty from Schaefer Hessian proved to be the scores that mattered. Leinster did get a try in the second half but could not claw back the deficit. It meant that history was made for the current under 18 women and their coaching staff. Well I spoke to their head coach Craig Hansbury as part of Sunday Sport. Craig congratulations first of all, I think it's your second in your history. That is something special. Uh, unbelievable, John. It's um, it is our second. Um, it's it's been it's been a long time coming since the last one. But um, no, the, the effort these girls put in has just been unbelievable. 
the game itself was going to be tight you said that yesterday and it was exactly that but you got off to a great start with the try from Emily Foley yeah um, we, we really hit the ground running just like we did on Thursday and put them under pressure to start off with and then we made them chase the game really we just kind of keep pinning them back and keep pinning them back and the girls just they just kept going they kept getting off the ground they kept making massive tackles and just working really hard for each other and then of course it, it's not it's, as I say it's nothing new for a Craig's player to hold their head when, uh, when it all goes uh, incredibly tense and tight and Schaefer Hessian did exactly that with the penalty which ultimately went on to win you the cup yeah, no, Chief has nerves to see. We always knew that she'd she'd get us through if we needed a kick. She's she's been working really hard in it the last couple of the last couple of months, and it's been she's been just been brilliant. And how um, they, they, let's talk about significance here I know we overuse it sometimes and in my game probably more than most but this is massive for the development of underage rugby especially girls underage rugby in the province because you now have showed and I remember after you and it the first time the same conversation came up it's now you can prove you can mix it with every other province in this country and in fact better them and that really is what made today all the more special yeah, like the, we're just actually chatting there that some of these girls have only actually lost one intro in the last three seasons. So um, it's it's massive. It's, we show that we're we're well capable to punch this level, and we can actually we can win games and we can put pressure on teams. So the work that the clubs are doing, the work that these players are putting in, it's just unbelievable. And I want to just a word for your your coaching staff because every single one of them have played a very important part in today's success. It has been a full team effort right across the board. Oh, 100%. Look, Luke and Simon there as backs coach and forwards coach have been unbelievable for the last three or four years. And, and Natalie's the one that keeps the gel, our gels us all together and keeps us going. And it's 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 a real team effort. Not, even the clubs, like even club coaches, come in giving us a hand and pointing out things that they work on. And them going back to their clubs, the players going back to their clubs, and the the coaches actually working on stuff that we need them to work on. So it's it's been brilliant. It's been a whole provincial kind of work our job to, to get this team together and in fairness that's a good point because it's the likes of development officers right across the province who have played a very important part in bringing these girls along as well over the past number of years likes of Wendy Hickey and uh, Emer O'Dowd and, and, and many others like them and Natalie Fox we better mention the manager as well because of the work that she has done I mean this is not just a, this is by no means an overnight success this has taken years to work yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's a three-year process. Like we said uh, during the summer, that we, with the the playing numbers in the clubs, we don't have the luxury of having um, new girls come in at under 18 and just having one year at it. It's a three-year process that they go through to to be the best, and, and that's what they are today. Now, um, I, I I know you're still out in the pitch. I'd say, dare I say it, in in, in Dubarry Park, but uh, and I would hope that you got the crowd you were looking for yesterday, the good home support. Oh yeah, it was brilliant. Um, in fairness, the the stand here was full and. Even when things got tough, you could hear them that they were they were given that extra roar, and you could see the boost that they were give the girls were getting off it, and to go that extra yard and push on, it was it was brilliant. Yeah, a special win for them. Just to mention other results in uh, rugby in the province, uh, Chumuk Derard will play the University of Galway in the senior women's league final. Chumuk Derard beat Sligo fifty six points to nil. University of Galway fifteen twelve winners over Westport. The junior A league final will see Craig's take on Connemara because Craig's beat Chum by thirty. 37 points to 7 last night in Craig's in the league semi-final.
semi-final uh, also league semi-final result Ballinasloe beat Corinthians by 38 points to 33 let's go to yesterday and the Connacht men and the senior men big win over Cardiff 16 points to 12 might not be big in the scoreline but might be crucial towards the end of the season William Davies Cardiff 12 Connacht 16 at the Cardiff Arms Park last night Connacht prevailed in this hard-fought and dour match played in torrential rain in Cardiff. A sold-out stadium was treated to a lovely pre-match tribute to the late Barry John. Connacht were inaccurate and off the pace in the first half and were lucky to go in at half-time, only trailing seven points to six. Connacht scores came from two JJ Hanrahan penalties in the fifth and fortieth minutes. Cardiff finished the half playing with 13 men. Ray Lilo received a red card for a head-to-cheek contact in the 14th minute, which resulted in Shane Bolton leaving permanently. It was a very poor challenge, but Lilo immediately stopped playing and alerted the referee. Cardiff scored a try immediately after that when Ben Thomas exploited a misunderstanding between Ford and Hawkshaw in midfield and Tynus De Beer added the conversion. Despite starting the second half with 13 men, Cardiff created two clear try-scoring chances, which stout Connacht defence repelled. But they did score on the third chance when Tamani, who had just returned from the yellow card, crashed over from a mall. The conversion was missed as Cardiff now led 12-6. Connacht eventually sorted out the issue with their kicking game and the replacement players from the bench began to exert some much-needed accuracy and from a period of sustained pressure, replacement pop Peter Dooley crashed over for his first try for Connacht in the 62nd minute. The conversion from Hanrahan put Connacht 13-12 ahead, and Hanrahan also banged over a penalty on the 67th minute to complete the scoring. There were few alarms as Connacht saw out the remaining time to complete only their second away win of the season. They can reflect on the four points gained, but will look for improvements in all areas when they return to action on Saturday, March the 2nd, when they play Scarlets at Dexcom Stadium in Galway. Let's go to soccer, not to be for Goy night on Friday night when they were beaten 1-0 by St. Patrick's Athletic in their first game back in the Artristy League Premier Division. Mike Rafferty. Well, Goy United's League of Ireland Premier Division campaign kicked off at a packed MDC Park on Friday night. While the occasion and atmosphere was electric, the outcome did not favour the home side as St. Patrick's Athletic emerged 1-0 winners on the night. That goal came as early as the third minute when a Chris Forrester corner produced a goal-mouth scramble before Jamie Lennon flashed an unstoppable effort past Brendan Clark. From there to the finish, the home side matched the illustrious visitors in everything they did, with their only failing, an ability to find the net. United gave first starts to two of their new signings as Gary Buckley slotted in in central defence alongside Killian Broder, while Carlos Sullivan played wide on the right. On a misty night in Terryland, United responded in a positive man- manner to the early setback and certainly took the game to the visitors. Uh, Horgan and O'Sullivan on the right and Donlin and McCarthy on the left did their best to create and cultivate chances but opportunities in front of goal were rare Border had an early effort to, from a free kick blocked by the defensive ball before Ed McCarthy did well to win the ball before his effort drifted wide McCarthy cross was knocked down in the box but uh, David Hurley's shot out, was steered out to the post by a deflection now the Pats' central defensive trio of Redmond, Taurine, Keeley and Turner uh, were continuously supplemented with assistance from Carl Soderberg and uh, Anto Breslin as three became five and United were finding it very hard to break them down. Just a McCarthy flick header on 44 minutes threatened new Pats keeper Pitaluga as half-time beckoned at 1-0 to the visitors. 
Now, two solid defences continue to dominate proceedings on the resumption, and the result, the home side seldom got a sight of Pitaluga's goal. There was certainly no shortage of ball delivers into the box, but to no avail. Manager John Caulfield made uh, five second-half changes to freshen matters up, but while they maintained their momentum, there was no finishing reward. A red card issued to Stephen Walsh on 79 minutes did little to help the home side's cause, as the Dublin side eventually held on for a 1-0 victory. Next up for United is a trip to Dundalk on Friday night. Well, let's look at what happened in local soccer, Mike, again. Well, it's as you were at the top of the Western Highlands Premier League as the top two of Salt and Devon and Athenry continued on their merry winning ways. In drum on Friday evening, Salt Hill were uh, five two winners over Hibernians. They shared the early goals as Shane O'Rourke put the home side in front before Boothus Void. Level matters, uh, Benny Faherty goal. Uh, Give the home side a 2-1 interval advantage. Uh, they added a third from an own goal following a Mark Ludden corner. But again, Hibbs responded courtesy of a Jason McDonough free kick. But uh, as the game developed, it was the home side who pulled away Connor Barry, their uh, new signing, uh, got his first goal for the club with the four to make it 4-2 after Vinnie Fardy set it up. And it was Mikey, F- Mikey Fox who completed the home side's tally with the fifth uh, in the latter stages. Comfortable 5-2 success for Devon. It was even more comfortable for Athen Rye against Renmore in West Park. Uh, yesterday afternoon the visitors were uh, three up at the break Cody McCann notched a hat-trick Cole Connolly got two Aidan Coyle Shane Kyo and an own goal uh, were all uh, the scorers for Athen Rye uh, Conor Murray and uh, Derek McWalter replied for Renmore I'm told that uh, West Park isn't exactly in great condition after that game yesterday on the Astro in uh, Merview uh, yesterday evening uh, a brace from Colin K. Coley Kelly gave Merv United a 2-1 home win over Comatown United. Second one was a bit of a cracker, an effort, a lobbed effort from inside his own half where the Comatown goalkeeper was, uh, shall we say, wandering at the edge of his area. Thomas Flannery responded for Comanstown. But there was supposed to be one game on this morning, that was St. Bernard and Calga. Bit of confusion about it, but the bottom line is the game wasn't played because the grounds went out and Abbey Moy inspected the pitch very early this morning, called the game off. But whether there was a breakdown of communication between St. Bernard's and the Go FA or Go FA and the club and the match official, I don't know where that broke down, but uh, Colga and the referee showed up. But obviously St. Bernard's weren't there because they had already called the game off. So anyway, there was no game in Abbey Knock Moy this morning. As I mentioned, the top two of uh, Sultan Devon and Athenry continued to stride away at the top. There was one Premier team supposedly in Connacht Junior Cup action. Uh, Mario and Moore were supposed to play Dunmore Town uh, this afternoon, but that game was called off due to an unplayable pitch down in Dunmore. It's been rescheduled, I'm told, for next Sunday in Mary. In the Championship... The much-anticipated game between West United and Moyne Villa that also fell by the wayside uh, due to weather uh, this morning uh, in up in Fahid's Field. It finished 3-3 between Merview United B and Narnacara. Gusta Souza, Adam Healy and Dylan Rees were all on the mark for the home side with Darcy Angajo, Julio Moroso and uh, Andrew Dillon responding for the uh, visitors. The other game there, uh, Victor Romanagno, uh, Evan Hodner and Dave Golby got the goals for Carb Rangers as they registered a 3-2 away win over Dynamo Blues in June. Uh, the University of Galway of course not in action. Uh, they remain top of the table from Moyne Villa West and uh, Mary Ornmore B. They're the top four in the table. In Division 1, well, I think the big winners over the weekend were Salt Hill, Devon B. Now of course Crowell have uh, stolen the march and everyone else at the top of the table. They're uh, well clear but their game against Merlin Woods uh, scheduled for today was called off but uh, Salt Hill, Devon B emerged. Uh, 5-1 winners over McDarrah in a game played yesterday afternoon up in a drum. Probably wasn't as uh, one-sided as certainly again 
game as that because uh, McDarris certainly missed loads of chances but uh, Jamie Graney got two of the goals for Devon uh, B Eugene Graney uh, jo- Joey Bradshaw and Rory Hurahan uh, were on the mark for the home side who led by 2-1 at the break uh, and Eamon O'Lynchy penalty was McDarris only award reward on a day when I'm sure there were to rule a lot of missed chances uh, and the other game there that saw uh, Koshariga were in fourth place shared the spoils in a scoreless draw with East Galway United while this morning out in Headfords uh, Uchtarard were 3-2 away winners over St. Patrick's courtesy of goals by Callum McDonough Dean Greeley with maybe the aid of a deflection and Dave Lucy while uh, a Ronan Keneally goal had put St. Pat's in front uh, early in the second half after a scoreless first 45 minutes and their second goal came from a Mason Lynn penalty awarded for handball but Crawford still clear at the top. McDara and Saltil Devon B are now level, uh, joint second, but uh, Saltil Devon B do enjoy a game in hand. Koshariga are a little adrift, but they do enjoy a couple of games in hand. The game between Craig Mortler, Galway, and Galway Bowes, that was also postponed. In Division 2, on, uh, played on Friday night, Baron Neferbica uh, maintained their position at the top of the table they re- required a late winner from Rowan MacDonald to give them a 4-3 away success over Mario Ordenmore B sorry Mario Ordenmore C and of course this is a very very young Alan Moore they took the lead on three occasions but couldn't hold on as Tyke Flaherty and James Langan with two uh, of course allied to the winner from Rowan MacDonald uh, who got the winner for uh, Barnon of Herbica uh, B continue in second place they were comfortable 6-0 winners over Canberra United Jack Maguire and Christian Mullen both scored twice for the home side as long with Alex Park and uh, Marcus Van Concelios uh, for Athenry B while Kiltulla remain third they were 5-2 winners over Corrifin United B and I believe that Calgary B got a walkover from Corrib Celtic B Congratulations also to Athenry uh, under 17 girls they re- made it back to back under se- Connacht under 17 titles and also recently just won the Premier League they were 3-1 winners over Corrib Celtic in the uh, Connacht girls final this afternoon at under 70 level Molly Noon uh, Con- uh, Crowley and Anna Jordan all on the mark for Athen Rye. So congratulations to them. I mentioned of this week, tomorrow afternoon, uh, the uh, Colling Inwood Cup starts, starts in Galway. Go, uh, University of Galway are in action against uh, Trinity at 2pm in Dangan. Well, next weekend sees the FAI Youth Interleague Final scheduled for Athlone on Saturday between the Galway League and the Dublin District Schoolboy League. You're listening to the Full Time Whistle on Galway Bay FM. Well, let's look back at the weekend in basketball. A huge one for Mary. Not to be for McCullen or for Titans or University of Goy Mystics for that matter. Rounding it up, it's Adrian O'Neill. There was an exciting overtime win for Mary against UCC Demons this weekend. But losses for McQuillan, University of Goy Mystics and Titans. Starting with the Mary game yesterday evening, they've managed to remain top of the Southern Conference of the InsureMyVan.ie Men's Super League after a hard-fought and exciting win over Cup champions UCC Demons in the Kingfisher on a score of 104 points to 97. The first quarter was tight as expected, with Owen Rockall scoring 7 points for Mary, but they trailed 22-20 going into the second quarter. Mary started to get on top of the visitors in the second quarter, with Ty Gadsden scoring 15 points in the quarter. UCC Demons' ill-discipline allowed Mary to develop a nine-point lead during the quarter before Demons regained their composure to reduce the deficit to just two points by half-time. The third quarter saw Demons go in front by nine as their zone defence caused difficulty for Mary. However, in a very tactical game, Mary got their offence moving against the zone and by the end of the quarter they had regained the lead by one point, 68-67. The last quarter saw the best of both teams with high-quality shooting and fast breaks. 
with Mary leading by three, Seventh Woods equalised for Demons with a three-pointer with just half a second left and the game went into overtime at 90-all. Mary had five different scores in overtime compared to Demons with just three scores and that helped Mary get control once again. They won the overtime 14-7 to the delight of the home crowd. The top scores for Mary were Ty Gadsden with 30, Terence Lewis with 24 and Owen Rockall 21. Final scores, Mary 104, UCC Demons 97. Also in the insuremyvan.ie Men's Super League, Mark Quillen hosted Griffith College Aina this afternoon, the game ending with a 25-point loss for a clearly frustrated Mark Quillen. Given Clorglin's win last night, Mark Quillen are now bottom of the Southern Conference and have huge pressure in their game against Clorglin in two weeks' time. Today's game saw Aina gain a 10-point lead by half-time, 46-36, with their zone defence forcing McQuillan into tough shots. And Eiter Munez's four three-pointers in the first half just about keep, kept McQuillan in touch. McQuillan started the better in the third quarter, reducing the deficit to four. But Aina fought back and by the end of the quarter had extended their lead to 18 points and went on to win the game comfortably in the last quarter. Top scorers for McQuillan were Eiter Munoz with 18, Ivan Basic with 11 and both Grant Olsen and Josiah Larcy had 10. Final scores, McQuillan 65, Griffith College Aina 90. In the misquote.ie Women's Super League, University Goy Mystics were always going to be up against it when they faced top of the table Pyrable Cholester in Dublin yesterday. It can only be described as a one-sided affair, not helped by Emma Glavin being unavailable. The top scorers for Mystics were Karen McLean with 13, Sarah Mesler with 8 and Shannon Cunningham with 7. Final score was Pyrable Cholester 95, University of Goy Mystics 39. In the insuremyvan.ie Men's Division 1, Titans remain bottom of the table after a loss to table-topping Limerick Celtics. Titans, as we've come to expect, put in a spirited performance and after a strong second quarter were level at half-time, 37-all. However, Limerick Celtics started the second half with a 14-0 run that Titans couldn't recover from as Celtics went on to win the game by 24. Top scores for Titans were Deontay Robertson with 20 and both Jackson Soper and Joseph Coughlin had 9. Final scores, Limerick Celtics 88, Titans 64. Now let's recap what happened today in racing. There was a Grand National Trial amongst other good meetings as well. Here's George. Thanks, John. The Quinbet Grand National Trial Handicap Chase was the feature contest here today at Punchestown and it went for the fifth time in six years to the Gordon Elliott Stable and today it was Jack Kennedy once again who had won it on death duty a couple of seasons ago, as where it all began came with a late run to colour the flattering 5-4 to favourite. We'll have one at the final fence with Clonmean back in third place. Where it all began was out toward the mid, the rear of midfield for the majority of the contest, but made eye-catching ground coming off the back at the straight. And when runners took the sharp bend into the home straight, we'll have one look set to score for Paul Towland as he had mastered Clonmean. But where it all began cut to the inside and rallying well for Kennedy after the last, in the end, was a comfortable 16-length winner as we'll have one stop to a walk in the final 100 yards. The, fit, the chief supporting contest was the Madigan's group, Sheila Bourke, Novices Hurdle. This listed contest went to Tully Hill, the well-back 6-5 favourite. I just wasn't convinced of his jumping last time out, but he certainly showed today he was let ball along in front no flies on him finished second at 4-1 to one. very weak in the market no flies on him and I think we'll possibly be better over an extra half mile with Chigaro back in third place the winning margin for Tully Hill was at ease down nine lengths it was a great day for the Mullins team they opened with success for the twos on favourite Mr Policeman who despite a number of 
mistakes throughout the rated novices chase came home six length clear of Arctic Brazil and Irish Blaze in the end while senior chief justified nine to two on favouritism by three parts of a length under Rachel Blackmore from Duffel Court and Clark Kent it was all down to Blackmore's perseverance because senior chief was doing nothing for her throughout the contest especially in the home straight maybe it was the very deep ground but it was only in the final 30, 30 to 40 yards that he got on top of Duffel Court who had looked set to score the Mullins bandwagon remained running in the old house kill maiden hurdle with Pagan, who probably benefited from the absence of majestic force. Pagan, who had been disappointing on three runs so far, met at four time lucky at 13 to 8, coming on the inside as cut the rope and the busy fool fought out the battle early in the straight, but Pagan plugged on under Paul Town and he gave it a fair old ride down the inside and a four length win in the end overcut the rope. The Novices handicap hurdle went to the well-backed Buchel Bucht from the Ted Walsh yard owned by J.P. McManus winning his third of three from the last four now for him. Uh, he's home again in second place who almost caught Buchel Bucht who idled with Mark Walsh. He went to the front doing handstands coming to the final flight but kind of propped at the last and was Although all out to the to the to the naked eye in the last uh, fifty yards, the last home by half length, I thought he was valued for more. The Mullins four timer was completed when sounds victorious old, most of his if not all his head success to Patrick Mullins' perseverance. He looked beaten, turning for home that desperately sharp bend into the home straight on this track at Punchestown. It's like the canal turn going the opposite way. It's ridiculous, really, and a very narrow track. But in the end, sounds victorious got his second wind in the last 50 yards and collared the flattering pair of Master Dave Davis who had looked just about set to score under Harry Swan and in at the park and sounds victorious justified as I say 10 to 11 favouritism. The up the yard challenge for all the stable staff which is run annually at this meeting at Punchestown went to Gordon Elliott stable once again as the Goffer, better known probably as a handicapped chaser and hurdler, and was a winner for Davy Russell over fences at the Dublin Festival of Racing back in 2023. At 7-2 to two under Emma Gilligan, came through later on, giving a fine patient ride to beat Samway and Wee Charlie. Four-timer for Willie Mullins and the National Trial going to where it all began for Gordon Elliott and Jack Kennedy, John. Thanks for that, George. Yep, it's been a good one. In athletics, Killian Green is a national senior champion. He won the 400 metres indoor title this afternoon in Athlone in a time of 47.20. David Ryan was second. Brandon Arry was third. Good day overall, in fact, for Galway athletes with some great individual performances right across the board. You're listening to the Full Time Whistle on Galway Bay FM. And we can't forget either Daniel Whiffin's gold medal in the World Swimming Championships or the World Aquatic Championships today in Doha. A phenomenal performance. His second gold medal of the Games in general. That's it for the full-time whistle. Sport continues tomorrow. We've got Kevin and we've got Jimmy Higgins coming up over the next couple of hours and Donald Mahan as well. Hope you stay with us. Thanks for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.